What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Learning with Bell Vista Studios. Hannah and I are here today. We've got a new topic that we are learning. So we are fresh with this one. We don't, we're not experts and that's not what we're here to do. Um, but we are really excited about it and what it could open our world up into. Um, and it came about, we always, like we love human-centered design, obviously watch a lot of things, post a lot of things about it, and good old YouTube uh, starts popping recommended videos into my account. And so it started leading me down this design anthropology, which is the last podcast um, route. And then we're still learning about that. But then this thing around transition design came up and I'm like, ooh, what's that? And I actually went to a meetup around it. And as soon as I got out, I was like, oh God, Hannah's going to love this stuff. So um, today's podcast is on transition design. And the name of the podcast is around, it is learning with Bell Vista Studio. So the whole thing is we're learning. And this conversation is when we try to learn new things, we write a blog to help us kind of process and also share it with the community. So Hannah's fresh from writing the blog. And now we're just going to have a chat about it and see, explore it on a deeper level, because this is also really good practice for our learning to deepen what we're getting on, what we're finding out about it. So transition design. I did a bit of Googling. I'm the kind of person that doesn't, I don't like the details. Hannah loves the details. I'm just like, the, oh, that's cool. Da, 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 da. And she's the like, this is how it applies to our world. <laughs> so in my quick Google, what I can get is that transition design is basically a need for society to transition to sustainable futures. They all seem to have this kind of phrase around it. So Hannah, my first question to you, I know you're not an expert, but um, <laughs> from the research you've been doing, the videos, things you've been reading, in three words, if you could describe why transition design is important, what would you say they are? Oh, three words. Um, well, I think you've already mentioned one of the words, which is sustainable, mm -hmm. because I think we need to be looking at our future and creating things that are sustainable over time rather than focusing on the current moment. So sustainable would be one. Um, another one would be difficult, I think. Mm -hmm. Something that doesn't come naturally to us at the moment and it does require a different level of thinking and it's mm -hmm. not something we automatically want to solve so I think difficult would be one um, and probably future I'm thinking it's something that we'll start to consider more in the future um, and it's a process that designers will take on and will come more naturally rather than being something new and out there yeah, cool. That's it. <laughs> what I got from the meetup as well is that transition design is not a like stock standard process. It's still being discovered. So, it, and it's more being used in academic world. It hasn't transitioned into being practical as such as in practical as in a habit, like people are using it. Um, yep. So cool. Thank you for sharing those. I think that's kind of sets the scene of like, something out there that's cool and solves the true core problems like in a system and system thinking type way but then all of our shit in the world comes up and we say it's too hard we tried that before um 
it's hard to change the way we do things. Culture, society, our values are not quite there. So I feel like this is huge, but I'm excited. <laughs> so um, what examples, do you have any examples that you could probably share to kind of help my understanding and those listening around what the hell transition design is? Yeah, so I think a really good way to understand it is if you think about what we design at the moment, our team, we look at probably more problems that are happening currently. So we might mm -hmm. be more bullying and harassment complaints in an organisation or employees might need to know about a certain piece of machinery that they need to use. And it's generally focused on solving current issues. Whereas transition design, I see it as being more looking into the future and seeing life as transitioning into a future state. So rather than just solving the issues that are happening right now, what things could happen into the future and how could we contribute to solving larger goals that move into the future? And a really mm -hmm. interesting comment I read, so Terry Irwin is probably someone I would recommend. She is like the person. If you Google it, she's just everywhere and does lots she of She had her own Wikipedia page. So yeah, seems like she's like the main go-to person on this. <laughs> And she explains it really well. Like I think she explains it in really good terms that are easy to understand. Um, and she said a way that she explained it was if you're working toward, like if you're doing a transition type design, you may not even see the outcome of what you're solving. So that's like an example of how far into the future it could be. So it could be like you're working on a project that's contributing to solving a certain problem, but you might not even live to see that problem solved. Wow. So it's really about looking at things that are into the future and aren't currently happening right now. It's not about immediate results. It's about contributing to a better future. Okay. Do you have any specific examples around what that future kind of not in our lifetime type of problem might be or solution? Yeah. So some examples were, so they, uh, Terry talks a lot about wicked, they're called wicked problems. Oh yeah. Some of the problems that we would be looking at result at, um, solving through transition design. So wicked problems are problems that are quite global and they're problems that we probably wouldn't think that we would be able to solve. So an example would be homelessness. Mm -hmm. um, it could be poverty. Um, so really like large scale, it could be crime. Um, so you can see like if we were given a project to say, okay, <laughs> Bell Vista Studios, you need to so like solve homelessness in like, yeah us would be thinking wow that's like a global thing like we're not going to be able to make an impact on that mm -hmm. um so an example of yeah transition design would be creating a project that contributes to solving the issue of homelessness which is also known as a wicked problem interesting mm -hmm. i did notice actually those wicked problems and these kinds of things the resources that we mentioned we'll put them in the description of the video um but if you google W wicked problems they have like uh, I don't know there's like nine or 12 different questions or types of problems that are around it um, yep. that might help you kind of when you're diagnosing yeah so I've actually got it here it's um, their statements that define what, what a wicked problem is so okay. example is the problem is never completely solved so it's something that happens over time that you just want to contribute to um, it can take a long time to even evaluate a solution. So it can be very hard to even think of how to solve the problem. Um, there's no clear problem definition, so it's quite complicated. Um, 
every wicked problem is connected to others. So when you think about it, because it's such an overarching high global thing, it's generally connected to other issues yeah. in society. Um, so yeah, I think to get into and understand transition design, a really good thing to do is to understand systems thinking. And I know that we've spoken about that. And yeah. systems thinking really helped me understand because I knew about that, it helped me understand transition design more. So I think I would recommend people to start to understand what systems thinking is. Yeah. Um, because systems thinking is, it's about there's lots of interrelated different things happening to create an experience or to create what's happening. Um, and there was a really good definition you and I were talking about a really simple definition of what um, systems thinking is and it was a it's a cartoon with two fish and one fish is like uh, what do you think of the water and the other fish is like what water and it's just showing that because the fish is in the water it doesn't even realize that the water's around them because it's so used to that environment and we can think sim like the same way about systems so we are all living in a system and certain things happen in our society that contribute to the larger system but we often don't even see that system happening it's almost mm. like an invisible thing that happens in the background um and wicked problems to me is like lots of different events and little situations it could be what we design as designers it could be what people do on a daily basis it could be like technology that's that people are using all of that contribute to a larger wicked problem mm. and i design is working towards solving those wicked problems through coming together and solving lots of little issues to contribute to that larger problem if that makes sense it's not an easy thing to explain but <laughs> yeah I think um, my understanding of systems thinking is kind of like I just lost my train of thought now um <laughs> you've confused me <laughs> my brain's just going like holy moly kind of thing i guess systems thinking is going deeper and looking what is confusing i find about systems thinking is we think of it system as like an it type thing but yeah. i think it's not a system or a program that they're talking about systems thinking is to do with culture and values and decision making and um behaviors and value systems that are there and around us and are unseen and i think that's where this kind of crosses into anthropology a bit which we still don't fully comprehend ourselves but it's all starting to come together if we think of like human-centered designers like the easy practical thing we can do right now as instructional designers then start thinking of anthropology which is what links into it and it helps us see things as a different level and then there's systems thinking maybe they're flipped actually and then there's transition design and they're all sort of coming together we don't really know how they fit and i don't even know if i've explained them well because we don't have full understanding right now but um i think it's for me what it's coming to is we as instructional designers or any designer so if i say we're an instructional designer it doesn't matter what label if you solve problems even that's too broad but you could be a change manager you could be a marketing person um you could be a culture organizational development kind of person um instructional designer learning experience designer it doesn't matter what label you give yourself 
what I see it coming to is that we're all basically working to solve problems that help at the core human basic rights. Yeah. And then when you've solved that or that's no longer an issue in the thing that you're working on, you're going to another level, I guess, up um, for whatever that might look like. So what are the basic rights of the human? Are they being served? Are they being met in this particular problem? Do we need to solve anything to get those happening? They've been solved. Okay, let's move to the next level. Now, what are the issues that are higher than human basic rights? Yeah. That's kind of where it's sitting with me at the moment. And it makes me think of things on a deeper level now. Like yeah. you say, it's like we're dealing with it in the moment now. There's bullying and harassment going on um, and we're trying to solve that. But I guess when you think of it from an anthropology, transition design, system thinking perspective, we'd be looking at why does someone bully in the first place? What yeah. happened to them over time in their experience that has allowed them to think that those behaviours are okay, whether they're intentional or not? So looking in their past, what happened around them to shape them as a human being and give them the mechanics that they have? And if we want to really eradicate bullying and harassment as an issue, we'd be working on skills and characteristics in human beings that allow them to love themselves yeah. and love others. And therefore, we would need to maybe have better parenting and better education in school that focused on those skills. Yeah. And that's kind of how I see it, is that we're bringing up a human being that can love truly, not be insecure, not be self-conscious, not um, fear judgment of others, which then stems all these other behaviours that no one really wants to have themselves, but it's our reaction to how we are and how we interact in the world. So if we could build little human beings as children from young ages through parenting and through the school system yeah. to be better equipped, then we would eradicate things like bullying in the workplace. Yeah, that's totally it. I agree. And that's like the example that you gave was very similar to an example that Terry Owen gave when she was talking about mm -hmm. transition design. And it makes me think about you need to look at the core problem so we can often solve um what's the word it's like the got in the word but it's like something that happens from the core of the problem something will happen um what we really need to do is understand why it's happening in the first place so like you said why is bullying and harassment happening and then going deeper and deeper and asking why 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 and going yep. back until you understand what the core problem is and those core problems are usually a wicked problem i think so it's like the hierarchy overarching this yep. is the reason why and then these are all like side effects of that main problem yeah. um so there was another example that terry gave and it was similar to what you said she was talking about um say there was like a suburb that had a lot of burglary and theft so mm -hmm. that society may solve that which is not really getting to the root cause would just be to for example get more police officers to be on duty um, to get households to get alarms installed. Um, so that's potentially a way that they, it could help the problem, but it doesn't address the core problem. So she mm -hmm. went further back and went, okay, so why is this happening? And then why is that happening? And it ended up going to, okay, so people are committing theft. Why are they committing theft? Is the, are they not 
able to access education? Is housing too expensive? Is food too expensive? Are they not able to afford things? Um, is there a drug, drug problem in that country? Is there a drug problem in the city? Like really figuring out what are the triggers that are causing that experience to happen. Yeah. So yeah, wow. I think, yeah, the example you gave is spot on because it is very similar to what Terry was talking about. So it sounds like we need to ask better questions and allow the time to solve the true core issue that's being faced. I think so, but I also think, like when I think about it in a practical sense, I think that there would be barriers when you're speaking to clients. So I don't know what you think, but if they're wanting to just solve their problem, they have something that they want to solve, they might not necessarily be interested in solving the overarching problem because like what we said before yeah. we often think that's a global issue that's not my responsibility but if we all say that's not our responsibility we're not contributing to solving it um so i think it's definitely like a big mind shift and that's what terry was talking about this is just the start of a conversation so transition design is very new and it's just about getting people to think about design in a different way so it's not just about getting the most customers and earning the most money and solving the problem in the moment. We need to get designers globally to start thinking about designing for the world. So making an impact and contributing to the bigger picture. So I yeah. think that is like a big mind shift. I don't know. What I do you think, think? <laughs> no, I agree with you. It's not something that tomorrow we're just going to do a new project now with clients and we're going to apply all these things. But I think there are some practical things that we can apply to our world. And it's even just pushing back on, is that the problem that we should be solving? Is training the solution? These small questions that are within our control, um, we can ask them. And I kind of, I guess like, there, it is a mindset shift. It's a cultural, it's a belief type thing. But that even if we come down to like clients that want to lock the next button in their e-learning versus those that don't, the conversation to try and influence uh, clients on why you shouldn't lock a next button is the same as introducing solving the right problem through things like systems thinking and transition design. And so I think if I think about the transferable skills for both, those minor little things and the huge world changing things. It really is just about having the conversation. Yeah. Sharing the consequences to and fro for the both sides so that the person has the power to make a more calculated or factual based decision. And then it's over to them to make the choice at the end of the day. But you have done your bit by trying to influence them. And it doesn't mean that the next time they may not think slightly different about their approach. And I think that's where we can do our part on a daily basis is to just ask those questions because over time we start to open people's minds to thinking differently about how we currently operate. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I was listening to a video today of uh, Terry again. Terry's just going to keep. She knows. Shout out Terry. <laughs> Shout out to Terry. You're awesome. Um, talking about she was doing so. She was a designer. Um, mm -hmm. He was like in 
a really great spot in her career. So she was like earning good money. She had amazing clients. She was getting paid on time. She was doing really good work. So winning awards for the work that she was doing. And then it was one day a client contacted her and they started talking about how they needed to do a project that had an impact on society. I don't know exactly what it was, whether it was like being more sustainable or like looking after the environment or something like that. And for her, it just clicked. She sort of went, oh my gosh, like, I've been so successful, but I haven't even been thinking about how the work that I've been doing is impacting the whole world. And she, mm-hmm. it's so important to have that impact. Well, for her personally, and I think for me as well, like we only get to live on this earth once. Well, that's what I think. Everyone's got different beliefs. But I think like for me, I would want to make a good impact on the world. And that's like really important to me. Um, psychology says as well like giving is the most satisfying like it's so so satisfying for a lot of people to give so I think if you can figure out what you want to contribute to the world and it doesn't have to be a big change like you can contribute in small ways through your projects Mm -hmm. I think it's like such a cool thing to have awareness of and incorporate into your projects Um, so an example could be if you with everything that's happening with climate change or like with the environment, you could do something like if you're designing online courses like us, you could say, okay, from now on for our courses, we're not going to print out handbooks. We're going to try everything we can to keep everything online because we don't want to use as much paper as what we used to. And even though to you that might seem like a small impact on the grand scheme of things, if we all start doing small acts like that to contribute to our future and keeping the earth sustainable, I think it can have a really big impact. So I guess it's just getting people to start thinking about that and yeah, what you can practically do to contribute, I guess. Yeah. That leads me on to something we've been chatting about recently. Um, might be in one of our other blogs as well is unintended consequences. And I think it is our responsibility as designers um, to consider them. So I care about the environment and I'm like a recycling freak. But um, (laughs) then you think like your example of the workbooks, right? Don't print 100 page workbooks, put them online. Basically, then we're not cutting down as many trees. We have more oxygen for human beings. We need trees to breathe. Yeah. (laughs) Then I guess what happens with the unintended consequence and where transition design and um systems thinking gets you to is that sounds like a great way of solving that problem and not cutting down as many trees and allowing us to have clean oxygen being produced and all that kind of stuff but i think what could happen is that you would think that having an online solution like an ebook is the better option however through systems thinking and uh what's it called transition design you'd actually look at the problem and say, well, what does it mean for the power of a laptop, for the energy used, internet bandwidth, all of these things for that one person accessing that ebook? So it might come out through your investigation that maybe it is better to cut down trees and have handbooks. I don't know what the answer is, but I guess that's considering solving the right problem and if you do want to do it rightly and that we don't always know the unintended consequences of a decision would you have something else to share on that hannah 
Um, yeah, no, I agree. I think it is very important. Like we have been speaking about that, the unintended consequences, because you can go and design something with a really good intent. And I think it's important to understand what could potentially come from it. I think it is just weighing up the pros and cons, because I think there'll always be some sort of negative consequence from everything that we do, but it's just about whether the value of the positive side of it outweighs the negative. Um, so yeah, you're, I think you're definitely right. It's about figuring out how you can contribute. And I think the more the transition design comes out and people start talking about it, we might even learn more about what we can do, but at the moment it's just that frame of mind of thinking about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think definitely unintended consequences is a big one that we need to start considering. Um, yeah. Cool. So this um, all sounds great. What? <laughs> well, it's very interesting, and I think it it changes. It doesn't change. It opens your mind to thinking differently about yeah. stuff. Yeah. Do you have any practical tips for people in our world? designers, instructional designers, product designers, whoever is watching, change managers, yeah. people in L&D, people in organisational development, that they can apply in their world? Um, I think so. One that stood out to me, and it's something that we do at Bell Vista Studios, and it made me realise, like, wow, what we're doing actually does contribute to a high-arching problem that I'd never even thought of. Um, oh something that we can all do but it was around so I was listening to a lecture and they were talking about homelessness and mm -hmm. I was like certain triggers for homelessness happening can be people not having education and people not having the opportunity to learn and get the confidence to get a job and then therefore earn money to not be homeless so that was that's obviously just one small part of it but I thought like how cool is it that we can offer like we do these videos we do these blogs and I know not everyone can access them the way that we do it but through mm -hmm. videos, sharing our knowledge through videos through blogs um, it can also be like face-to-face -face. so if you go to conferences or you're you meet someone new like share your knowledge with them and I think sometimes we can get scared and go oh I don't want to share what I know because like I've worked mm -hmm. hard to get all this knowledge and I want to like keep it and do well and be successful but I think one of the best things that we can do as an industry is to share our knowledge and educate others because there may be people out there that don't have the opportunity to have a mentor or don't get to go to a school where they get to learn or they don't get to go to university. Um, so I think that's something that we can do to contribute to a wicked problem that the world has. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that's something that is a good thing for design or people out in the industry to do? Because you, yeah. <laughs> like you got us doing that. And now I can see I'm like, it's amazing even if we impact one person who didn't have the opportunity to learn like we did like I was lucky to have you as a mentor but there's people out there that don't have that I think that's such a big impact that you can have just by sharing what you know yeah and like we learn that way you know all this stuff that we're learning now to produce blogs and that is things on YouTube and stuff and Google and through that we're then being better professionals so we're serving our clients better and giving them better products and solutions and then in turn we're helping their employees be better and then they're better people in the business helping productivity they're better human beings in their home life which then it has like this whole ripple effect so I think like the things that we do is such a small little snippet of what is possible 
So when you think about transition design, systems thinking, all that, it can be very overwhelming. You're like, it just, you don't want to do anything because it stops you because you're like, oh my God, it's too hard. But I think that's a really good point is by sharing your knowledge or learning from others. Yeah. Indirectly happening on the, on the scale that is within your power right yeah. now. Yeah, definitely. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so I think that that's like quite a practical one, specific one. Um, I also think, like I said before, starting to understand systems thinking. So we've done a blog series that explains it in quite a simple way because I know I wrote that blog series a little while ago and it was new for me. So I sort of wrote it in a way that's for anyone to understand. So I think to start to understand that will help you see the value of transition design because you'll start to understand how your impact can impact other things and it's connected to so many different things that can connect to globally. Yeah. So I think um, doing that, um, I think looking into the future. So when you're designing things, not like it is important to solve the current problem, but also think about, okay, is there anything else that I can add to this project or can I do it in a different way that's gonna make for a better future? So I think just having that frame of mind when you're designing and not just thinking about them thinking about the future um and probably just starting to listen to it to be honest i know for me like it takes me a little while to really understand i get the importance of it now but there's still so much i have to learn so i guess if you yeah. want to make an impact on the world and be at that next level where you understand design it is like a whole nother level of design i feel like there'd be a lot of people that wouldn't even know about it um, I think just start listening to it and listening to like Terry Owen's amazing. Her videos, she explains it really well. Um, yeah, that's probably it really. How about you? Yeah. Um, I've got some questions that I think people could ask. Okay. So, and just on your thing about like listening to it, I think that's essential because although it's not a habit right now, I think in like five years, this will be the design thinking, the human-centered design, and everyone's going to be across it. So you may as well just get amongst it right now and you'll be ahead of your peers or whatever. Um, but the, I've got three questions basically from my mini kind of amalgamation of research, and it's literally been two days that we've been looking into this. So we're, <laughs> that's how fresh off the boat we are with this. Um, I have to stop using that phrase actually, sorry. It's not cool. Um, anyway, so my question, first one is, as a designer, ask, how are we designing for the basic human rights in this situation? And mm -hmm. I just, even if it's not something to do with basic human rights, I think it allows you to think from a different lens about the problem. Yeah. So it's just trying to stimulate a bit differently. Um, how are my personal biases or other biases influencing? how we're thinking about this. Oh, that's a really good one. And then the third one is, because um, I hate this when you get barriers and they're there, I get it. And some things are really hard, but the question is who's already conquering this thing that seems impossible to us? Ooh, that's a really good question. <laughs> wow. Hmm. Well, on that, like I heard today, I was listening to a audio um, or video today and there's actually a team, which I had no idea about. There's a team that looks at, so is like starting to do transition design. They've actually been doing it. 
um, but it's just like I was just hearing about on this video and they look into the past. So they like go back into the past and look at why certain events have happened in the world. Oh, wow. What different things impacted that event to happen. And they're actually like, yeah, looking at the past and then like predicting what could happen into the future and figuring out how to stop like poor or bad future events from happening. So it's so cool that someone's actually like looking at things at that level and is so incredible. It is like problems that is often for a lot of us, it's like it's too hard to understand and solve and but there is a team actually working on it. So I think it's so cool that someone's out there doing it, like good on them for doing that because it'd be so <laughs> difficult, I think. But possible because they always say history repeats itself. So it's looking for the patterns, yeah. I reckon. Yeah. And what can we learn from them? Yeah, um, anything else you want to share on the topic of transition design or anything we've been chatting today? Just as you said patterns, this is probably just one last thing. Um, yeah. I think another thing you could be doing is looking at if there's been other products or companies that have made um, decisions that have led to negative consequences. Um, you could use that as, as a learning for you and not repeat it in your own project. So we spoke about Instagram with, they had like the like function where you could like photos mm -hmm. and they obviously had a good intent. They wanted people to be able to show their appreciation for other people's photos and get people connecting with each other, but it ended up turning into a negative consequence and society um, started becoming competitive and felt insecure if they didn't get enough likes. So I guess what I'm going to start doing is looking at negative consequences from other things in the world and just making sure that we don't replicate it. So that's an example of learning from history and making sure we don't do it ourselves. So I think that would have a big impact as well. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I think uh, considering this is like so fresh, I feel very, um, I learned from this episode myself and yeah. thank you because I think that you have, it, it sounds like it's within you, like you, it's clicked in you. So thank you for being able to articulate what you've learned in the last like two days while writing, writing a blog. Um, I, it, yeah, it's definitely added value to me. I'm sure it will add value to the other people that watch or listen to this as well. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening to another episode of Learning with Bell Vista Studios. Here we are learning and trying to stretch ourselves and also, yeah, just be better. And it, we're so fortunate that we get to learn this kind of stuff that we are interested in and get to do as a job. So I'm very grateful for that. But thank you, Hannah, for being here with me. And thank you to everyone listening. Really, really appreciate it. Share, like, or comment. And let us know your feedback. Um, because if you like topics like this, then we do more of them. And we get to learn more about them. But if you want other things, let us know. And have an awesome day. <laughs>